Happy New Year. Advent marks the beginning of a new year in the liturgical life of the church. And we're going to do something new this Advent that we've never done before. We're going to announce the gospel anew through a four-part homily series on the four Sundays of Advent. Why are we doing this? Because a lot of people today don't know our story. We don't know the story of salvation. We don't know the answer to life's basic questions that science can't answer. Why am I here? Where am I going? And how am I going to get there? So this Advent, we're going to announce the gospel anew using Father John Ricardo's book, Rescued. So Father Ricardo breaks the gospel down into four parts, and he summarizes each of the four parts with one word. Created, captured, rescued, response. So this first Sunday of Advent, we're going to look at created, the reality that God has willed us into being out of love. And then next Sunday, we're going to look at captured, the reality of the fall and sin. Why is the world such a mess? We have to come to grips with our own sin to prepare our hearts to receive Jesus as a Savior. The third Sunday, rescue. Jesus came on a rescue mission. He died on the cross for you and me, and he's alive and risen from the dead. And then the fourth Sunday of Advent, response. We cannot remain indifferent to Jesus. The gospel demands a response. The most important decision of our lives is our response to Jesus' invitation to come follow me. What is the overarching goal of this homily series? Yes, to know our story, but St. John Paul says the gospel should overwhelm us and lead us to making a deeper surrender to Jesus. That's why we're doing this. St. Paul says the gospel is power. Not that the preacher has power, but the gospel, the message, is power. It has the power to transform and change our lives so that we might make a surrender to the one who gave his life for you and me. Here we go. Created. We proclaim this foundational truth that God created the universe. God created the galaxies, the planets, the moon, the sun, the stars, the sea, the mountains, the animals. And God created human beings. Have you ever pondered why there is something rather than nothing? Where did the material universe come from? There is no material reality that just willed itself into being out of nothing. St. Thomas Aquinas concluded that there cannot be infinite regression, so there must be a first mover, a first cause to explain why there is something rather than nothing. And that first unmoved mover is God himself. This basic foundational belief that God created the universe is widely rejected today. Some estimate that 40% of our young people, Generation Z, don't believe anything. Atheism is on the rise. Let's take a moment to think through atheism and its implications. If we reject that there is a God, that means that the universe and that's all that's in it, including you and me, is here by random chance, which further means that we have no purpose. So the goal of our life is reduced to something very simple, to maximize pleasure and to minimize pain. In other words, the only goal of life is self-indulgence. 
Now, for many of us, we've tried, even though we're believers, to at times look for our satisfaction in the fleeting pleasures of the world, and we know that that only leads to emptiness. It's no accident that as we increasingly reject God and atheism grows, that deaths of despair have skyrocketed. Since 1999, suicide has risen by over 30% in the United States. I know this is a very sensitive topic, and I'm not saying that everyone that commits suicide is an atheist. There are a lot of things at play, including depression, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and as a church, we need to meet in a better way those in the throes of mental anguish. Father Ricardo points out that between 1999 and 2016, deaths due to alcoholism have increased 65%, and drug addiction And deaths due to drug overdose are on the rise. We've all heard about the opioid crisis. Did you know Americans consume 80% of the world's opioids? If there is no God, if there is no afterlife, life becomes absurd. Let's think further through the implications of atheism. If there is no God, there is no morality. There is no absolute source of good. And so we're left with each person decides for themselves what's good and evil, right and wrong. We call this moral relativism. And moral relativism ultimately leads to chaos. Our founding fathers recognized that there are truths endowed by our Creator that apply to all people. But if we reject God and throw out the Ten Commandments, then we spiral into chaos. And let's be honest, moral relativism ultimately leads to the fact that the person with the biggest stick makes the rules. In other words, the person with the power decides what's good and evil, right and wrong. Removing God, atheism has given us totalitarian dictators like Hitler and Stalin who have literally killed millions of people. When we reject God, we make ourselves God and we end up in depravity. Believing in God is reasonable. One thing I love about our Catholic faith is we can use our minds. Faith and reason are not opposed We can use our reason to understand our faith. If you study history, most of the greatest scientists were people of faith, and some were even Catholic priests. It was Father Lemaitre, a Catholic priest, who came up with the Big Bang Theory. Father Lemaitre was proving that the universe is ever-expanding, showing that the universe has a beginning. One of the greatest physicists who's still alive today is Father Robert Spitzer, a Catholic priest. He actually came to our diocese, talked to all the high school students. I went to his talk. I'm an engineer, and I understood about 5% of what he was saying. But one of the things that struck me, he's such a genius, is he gave a proof of God's existence from entropy. The law of entropy says basically that things tend toward greater chaos. So think about shooting a pool ball on a pool table. You wouldn't expect all the balls to bounce off the walls and form a perfect triangle at the end of the table. No, you shoot a pool ball, and the pool balls go in further disarray. And yet, as the universe expanded, things came into order. The universal constants 
came into order so that life could be sustained on earth. Scientists say the probability of that happening are about the same as putting a monkey in front of a typewriter and having the monkey produce one of Shakespeare's plays. In other words, it's totally impossible. That's why Archbishop Nauman says it ta actually takes more faith to be an atheist, to believe everything's here by random chance, than to believe God created the world. Not only can we use our reason to know God's existence, but we can look into our own hearts. Do you think it's a coincidence that every human being has the same desires? We all desire infinite love. We all desire a sense of identity, to be accepted, to find meaning, to know that we matter, and ultimately to find happiness. This is because God has written a desire for himself in each human heart. We only have to look within our own hearts to know God created the world. And so today we proclaim these basic truths. There is one God. God created the world. God created out of nothing. God does not need the world. God didn't create because he needed something outside of himself. God created the world out of love. Love always goes out toward the other. Love is diffusive of itself. And so God created out of love and wants to lavish his love upon all that he has made. All that God created is good. And the pinnacle of God's creation is the human person made in his very image and likeness. And God has set human beings as stewards over his creation. Why is it such good news that God created the world? Because it means we have a purpose. Our lives have meaning. In this first of our four-part homily series, we're all invited to give a greater affirmation to our existence you are good. God made your soul. Your life has meaning and purpose. You were willed into being out of love and you were made for love. Your life is sacred because you were made in God's very image and likeness. And God has an ultimate plan for you and me. It's to be divinized, to share in his very divine life, the very life and love of the Trinity. Stay tuned now. Next week, part two captured.